All right, welcome back to Good to Geek Out. Good place to geek out today. We're geeking out about the Amazon show Invincible based on a comic book. Episode four called Neil Armstrong, Eat Your Heart Out. Editor, coming out of San Antonio, Texas. What up, fellas? Let's do this. Hey, Greg, aka Rudicus, West Hills, Cali. What's good? Reverse Ramble. In Washington, somewhere in the wilderness with uh, Bigfoot. Boy, Jay, coming out from Los Angeles, California. Sure. Hello, my name is Robert. I'll be transmitting live from Earth. <laughs> He's got a generic flash uniform on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rex Explode, relax. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, so uh, intro to episode four: uh, Egyptian, right? They're in the in the desert. Someone want to start this off, except for me. Uh, yeah, I know. I love the father son bonding time. Just dope. Which I can just go fly over the pyramids with the with my son, giving some life lessons. We skirt out. <laughs> it's pretty dope to me. Uh, that was very Indiana Jones-like. Yeah, I agree. It was a little less impactful, I think, than the other opens, but it was, uh, I don't know. It, it, you know what it felt like? Uh, like some Hawkman stuff. And the name, guys, they gave me K-Hor. Felt like, you know, felt very Hawkman, if that's well, what and again, I think that it goes back to what we were talking about last episode, where they do these homages to, like, you know, that transition from pulp to, like, Doc Brass. Like, you know, like, that turn-of-the-century post-colonial imperialism, uh, you know, you know pseudo-white fantasy Tarzan uh, stuff that ends up happening. Dances with <clears throat> whatever, whatever your reference point might be. Um, so I think it's cool that they end up, like, you know, it is Blue Beetle. It is Moon Knight. It is... Indiana Jones, you know, it is like I said, Doc Brass. Uh, it, it, I don't think it was as hitting as the other ones were, but also the episodes end so hard that when you go in, like, how do you start when you just end on such a big like, bah! Yeah. Um, and then I, th I think what Greg was touching on is uh, after that we just the Omni Man Father yeah. Son lesson. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was. Uh, is there anything from that father son thing that? Not, not really. I think like I think Strider kind of just hit it on the head. Like it's not. It wasn't as like a like a a jarring kind of like open scene, right? Like something that you felt like you had to pay attention to. It was I felt like it was like a nice scene with you know him just kind of just showing on the ropes and his dad kind of like really putting it to him like, hey, even though you're kind of getting the the you're kind of getting the used to like the ropes and stuff and. Like you still got a lot to learn, and like his dad just smokes him, right? Like he races him back home and stuff. Like and, you know, just the sheer amount of control he has over his abilities and how how effortless it is for him. Like it just like it, it goes to show. Like it's kind of like hinting at the kid, like, hey man, you ain't shit yet. You know, like you got a long way to go. That's kind of like the main thing I took away from it. Like he's still hinting. Like I feel like this show is maybe building up to. A confrontation between the two at one point in my trade fists and it's kind of just showing hey this kid is not up to do snuff yet like he's not he's not up there with his dad yet so i ain't ready yet 
No, for sure. Nah, but like once you said that, it reminded me of my dad playing uh, my brother and myself in basketball. And even though he has no skills at all, just doing the the cholo back down. The <laughs> we were right. like half his size, and then just doing that. Same yeah, thing, right? that fucking hook shot, bro, is a killer. He can't make that in real life. And it's funny because, like, this weekend, and, you know, side note, like, we went to go, like, a, a driving range, like, golf. I've never fucking played golf in my life, bro. My son, he's like, bro, how the fuck are you doing this? Like, I don't fucking get it. You've never done this. And I'm, like, hitting them accurately and shit, like, far. And I was like, I, I don't know, dog. Like, even, at, even, like, at 19, I'm still smoking my kid at some shit, you know? <laughs> so, I, I guess the father-son thing wasn't um... – like you said, as impactful as before. Um, but we do get Debbie, the mom, able to handle her time alone. And I think this is where we kind of see her starting to sip on wine a little bit before because she's starting to suspect things and starts doing her investigation. And you would think she's investigating other things about him, about, um, I'm sorry, about Omni-Man, but her first instinct is to check on her source of curiosity, which would be dark blood, which totally makes sense. And then everything we see is kind of reflecting that he's trying to solve crime to stay out of hell. So, <laughs> uh, basically, he's not, it's not in his benefit to lie ever. He's just trying to get to the truth, which is kind of weird for a demon, but it makes sense. But I dig, I dig the, I dig the confrontation between Nolan and dark blood. You know, you like, they kind of hinted at the end of, huh? Are we there yet? Yeah, that was this episode. Oh, when they're threatening, when he's threatening them. Yeah, well, well I mean, yeah, Omni Man, right? Like he goes and talks to Dark Blood, right? That yeah. happened this episode. Yeah, like when he, like, because they hinted at the end of the other one where he was in the room and he exhaled. So, like, you know, I just think that, like, you know, you one wonders, like, why doesn't he just fuck him up? And and, and there's something because he's not Homelander. No, but there's something there about like the the like something's up with this demon. Either he's super powerful or he's immortal, or there's something up because even to sneak into his office, he floated in. He didn't walk in. He didn't run in. He didn't do anything. He floated in. If you see the scene when he floats out too, like he's not on the ground. So I just feel like there's something there's a there, there's there's just something that they're not saying yet, right? Like about the power of dark blood or him being a demon. Like they're, that they're not. They're not touching on you. And I just kind of found that kind of interesting. I mean, the best part of that scene is Omni-Man cursing, right? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Dark yeah. Blood. That's now not. He really got, he really got yeah. under his fucking skin, man. Like, I love that part. Like, he really showed frustration. But also having a, a, a quote unquote hero curse after he's already kind of had the upper hand. It's almost, I mean, I, they don't, does Homelander curse in the boys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but see, he has Homelander tendencies, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, Greg, you said he wasn't Homelander, but yeah, listen, if he hadn't called that, he if he hadn't called his blood like that, out there like that, I think Omni Man would have tried something. What I was saying was that Omni Man's different from Homelander. Grounded because because of the magic, like Homeland, nothing can beat Homelander, oh. and we don't know how the wor world works here. But we definitely know that in Superman's world, magic fucks him up. Yeah. And so, like, Omni-Man doesn't step to this dude. And this dude isn't scared of Omni-Man. This is the only person yeah. that we've met who has not been shook by this dude. And we've seen this dude tear a world apart. Literally tear yeah, but, but, a world apart. 
but we've not we've also not seen we've also we've also seen him get his ass beat though to the point of where he almost died so omni-man isn't as all-powerful as like let's say homelander is in his world right so omni-man is vulnerable to just two super two super strong heroes beating the shit out of him Oh, okay, but then look at the other example is when the Flaxons end up invading, though, they end up shooting all of those lasers at Omni-Man. They end up shooting the tank cannon that we've seen take people out, and his suit doesn't even get ripped up. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that's showing how powerful that actually the Guardians were. Like, the fact that that Red Rush tears his suit apart, and, and these laser blasts and these cannon blasts don't even singe the suit. They don't even leave a, a, a mark. And so I think it's a good subtle way to, to show how powerful they are. But at the same time, like I said, like this fools up. You know. no, I mean, it's devious. What I do think is similar is that they do want obedience. The way yeah. that they get it from their people is different. They both are super powerful. How do you get obedience when you can just, you know, beam someone with your eyes? Like, how do you, like, how do you hold that back? Hey. You know, like, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. What you were just saying, like, I was like, you know, they both want the control factor. They both want obedience from, you know, their subjects. They, they still view people as subjects. Like, I, w- I would argue and say that. Maybe they go about it in different ways or they have different mentalities, but they both want that obedience and that control. No, they're both supremacists, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, don't, I don't think you can, anyone can argue that. Um, before- Damn, Starter, did you just tie this shit into the Falcon Winter Soldier, bro? You sure did. Uh, before Danny went, I did three different series into one. Before we uh, actually get to, we the should Mars, find the link to it right here. <laughs> I'm not that good yet. Before, before we get to the to the Mars mission, uh, we do get to see a little more uh, the divide between Debbie and um, Nolan Omni Man. More when uh, Omni Man, you can see. Okay, it's funny. We're talking about Homelander, and you can see Omni Man saying things that are more Homelander like, which is like, "Don't waste your talents." You know, you're saving the world versus saving a couple people. And the mom is very, very much on the other side of that, not understanding that, and she's starting to look at him differently in a different light beyond her investigations. And um, then we get the Eve secret identity talk. Well, I think that. Hold on, before we get out of that conversation, I think that it's also interesting because she ends up bringing up the whole, I don't even know your family. I don't even know your planet. Like, you know, like, you know. What is a Viltrumite? My dad comes from a side where, a a time where I have two brothers that I have never met, right? Like, um, there's, there's a certain, you know, shadiness in the distrust. Like, when you're supposed to be in a relationship, you know, you're supposed to have this trust and she's all of a sudden shook on something she's never been shook on before. He knows it and his only only vulnerability that we have seen so far is her. Yep. So now let's uh, discuss that Mars mission, which was beautifully drawn by the way. The launch itself, beautifully animated. I've rewound twice just to watch. Ah, very, very well done. Anyone who's listening, go back and watch. Anybody it. else look at their watch? I do. Hurry up! You're gonna you're gonna miss it. Come on! <laughs> oh yeah, even that little play. Oh man, he's such a uh, such a Peter Parker. <laughs> and that's, yep. he is. Uh, but I, but I think he's a little more honest because the honesty of like don't 
forget about me in two weeks. I don't think Peter ever has the um, confidence to say that out loud. He says it in slot. No. You'll read it yeah. in a monologue in a thought bubble, but you'll never hear him tell Black Cat or tell Mary Jane or tell, well, not Gwen Stacy, but, you know, like, don't forget about me. You know, I don't know. It's just whatever. Mars mission. Who wants to talk about that? Let's talk about that Mars mission. That that Mars mission put me in the mind of the, the old Spider-Man cartoon where, you know, the whole John Jameson thing. But I don't know why it gave me those feels, but it did. But the Mars mission was done beautifully. The animation, I agree with you. It was dope. I don't, I'm not going to lie. It's just, wow. You know, he, he, he really had the timing down. He really did. I'll say that. But, I mean, it's also funny, like, how he's also kind of displaying that same arrogance that Omni-Man has, right? Like, when talking to the Martian Emperor, bro, like, he's just talking to him like some dude. Like, bro, this is, you're on a, you're on their planet, and, like, you're talking to him like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and get, like, you're not, like, no respect whatsoever. Like, that's a hint at, like, well, I mean, that clearly he's still a teenager, a powerful one. But it's also like arrogant, like you know, like his fucking dad, but like more so than than his dad. His dad's more low key about it. And I think like, it's blind. Know, I, just that, I just thought that was fun. Like I just thought that was kind of cool, but like obnoxious too, you know. <laughs> so yeah, because like, Invincible actually has a human element to him. I remember. I mean, yeah, that's pure village fun. blind arrogance. I don't. I yeah. don't think he knew. You're, you're right. You're right, Rambo. See, I don't think he knew he was doing it. I think he was just like, hey, man, you know, you know, because he has a he has a bit of innocence about him. Yeah, you know, yeah, teenager. Yeah. Huh? I didn't take it as like like a, like a, like a full on like intentional. It's yeah. just I think what I liked about it was that it did remind me of Parker, uh, but it's also like you know I couldn't help but like notice that it was kind of more arrogant like his dad too. Like I just because he's on their planet, bro. I was just like, mm. you know, it, it was just uneasy about it. I think but, also, um, also like the dichotomy of um, him on this mission and then his mom and dad going to France on their mission. And it's kind of like these two little similar things going on at the same time, but one is way more controlled than the other. And like, you would think that she, that the wife would be more suspicious of the husband and that would be harder to curtail than this guy on a mission to Mars who's invulnerable and there's no one there. And all you got to do is follow the, the ship, make sure it gets back well. But that, you know, this show flips everything on its ear any chance it gets. And boom, we get that right there. It's, it's crazy to me as I'm watching this and I'm trying to figure out who's in a worse situation. Invincible is on a planet where the Martians distrust him and threaten to kill like the people he was sent there to protect. Or this dude is in France trying to please his wife who's suspicious of him and low-key upset. And it's like, I think I'd rather be on Mars. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Men are from but Mars, then buddy. Those, um, then you got those things where they take over your body. I forgot what they call them, but you know, that snuck on, you know, that snuck on board. I mean, well, they took over one of the dudes. The sequins. Yeah, yeah, the sequins. sequins. Yeah, one of the sequins took over one of the astronauts that was there, and he got left behind. But then one of the Martians stole away on the damn ship. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a catch-22 because so he failed the mission. Yeah, he absolutely failed the mission. Yeah, he failed. He, he failed it, but but see, that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, he went on that mission, and it was just like, he wasn't really even supposed to go on that mission. Right. I feel like he's given responsibilities that he's not ready for. Like, he's yeah. he's, he's been thrown into the fire, like, you know, learn on the go. Yeah, like, the he's, that, 
That's, that's what Father Bird just threw the kid out the nest. That's, the that's, what make, that's what makes him a hero and makes his dad not. Yep. One's in control. Because his dad was being selfish about it. Yep. And even I mean, and even though his mom, see, that's why the mom is there. She's she's like the bridge. Because even mm-hmm. though Greg, I, I see what you're saying, but you know, like I agree with the dad part as well, too, though, as far as like the father's son. Like, yeah, you can't take any hits, but at the same time, the mom is needed because she has that human element. She's that bridge where she has to teach him, you know, she's the human. Because his dad is all ultra Mike. Yep, gotta get you there. But it's like, you know, she said one line that mattered. Like, you have to decide what type of hero you want to be. Yep. Yep. She's that before or after she called him and asked him. <laughs> She's a she's a really good representation of not just a strong woman, but a a good mother and a great mother, and one that keeps a family together, which a lot of mothers do, you know. Um, no, yeah, she so, is actually like a really well written character. I agree. I, I do enjoy get a lot of dialogue. I do enjoy the interaction with her. So what yeah, I think is really impressive about this episode, and it goes into what I was talking about earlier in regards to pulp fiction, and this being a uh, a throwback to other, you know, like they're, they're doing these homages to other types of comics. And this one, like can, or in science fiction, and can you get any more science fiction than Edgar R. Burroughs' Princess of Mars? And everything in this is Princess of Mars, the red planet. And, uh, and all that ends up being uh, the beast that they ride, the way the Martians just kind of look, the, you know, their actions, uh, the, the whole, his powers out of whack just you know calls back to the original sci-fi action story and i thought that that ended up being a cool thing i think the way that they flexed on the martians ability to shape change being why they couldn't get their brains taken over was real cool like barely looked over thing and this episode hits on especially on mars on just great little jokes where he's just like oh maybe this is the wrong outfit to wear on the planet and uh and, and when the the emperor is like, you know, you know, Viltrumite, and he's like, of course we, I'm the emperor, of course I know what a Viltrumite is. <laughs> like, like these great like joke non jokes that don't need a big punchline that just make the story flow and like give it nuance. Um, totally, t- uh, totally great episode. Let's get to that exorcism. That was crazy. <laughs> the government was doing an exorcism on a demon. That's solving. Oh, look, that was some Amanda Waller shit. Oh, that was some Amanda Waller, Waller stuff right there. What 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 Cecil pulled? That was straight Amanda Waller. Straight Amanda. Yeah. It was because it was it was a it was a by any means uh, necessary moment. And it makes you think. Okay, Cecil has he has a plan, right? He's he's uh, a yeah. you know he, he's he's playing chess right. He understands yep. that before he can make a move, he has to set up defenses. So Damien Darkblood, his uh, investigation was definitely going to be an impediment to his ultimate goal. So he had to get He ready. had to go. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to go, go, man. I love that. He was he was a slow burn type of motherfucker because it's like, all right, like he like he said, he's playing chess. Like, okay, if 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 they if they prove it. You can't confront them, right? Like, what nah. the, who, who do you who do you got? You know, his kid, and his kid is maybe just another chess piece to Cecil, 
Cause I think he kind of touched on it maybe in this episode or yeah, in this episode for the Marsh Beach, he's like, let's see what he got, right? Like I feel like he's right. trying to see what he got if he needs him to like step in and deal with his dad, you know, like if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know any better, yeah, you know, I mean it's, it's like what you said, Rambo. It's 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 it's, it's more like I want to see what he gets because he's gonna use the son against the father. The reason why it's the whole Amanda Waller thing, because like Amanda Waller knows what it is, but it's the end that justifies the means. It's like, even though you're right, you're wrong, and you're in my way. So you got to get the hell out of the way. Yeah. And it's not just that he's in his way. Like like we discussed earlier, like, Dark Blood has to tell the truth. Like, that's yep. part of his thing. And Cecil can't control that. Like, that's out of, that's, you know, out of whack. You know, like, he knows that this fool is going to be compelled to to tell the truth and he didn't give a fuck really right this isn't his it's earth <laughs> you know like i mean it's not hell you know he'll go somewhere else right like as long as he doesn't you know so it's cool the way that they end up playing that and just the the art in this one is so great like it just really is a, a hot topic at closing time that's what i felt like oh i had people visiting uh and i had to do my notes before we were going to go out for the night and the people watching were like, what the fuck is this? Is that the government doing an exorcism on a detective demon? Like, it is a we- it's a weird premise, but we're so like, the comic book exactly. stuff. Exactly. Have you watched this before? <laughs> exactly. No, I, I just, it was a great way to close out the episode. You know, it really was. It really was. Yeah. That was some Legends of Tomorrow stuff. If you, if you, if you, the show, because don't ever bring that show up again. Like that. Don't ever bring it up again. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Unless it's one or it really does. It really does show how much, how many, how much resources that organization has too, right? Like they fucking put yeah. together this fucking ancient scroll to get rid of this fucker. It's like he Cecil is is like Nick Fury, Amanda Waller, maybe with a little bit of Batman thrown in, but not not as uh, as like contingency plans. You know, like hey, we got a plan for this shit. We got a plan for this shit, right? So I feel like that's kind of where where where. where you know, like I just think that it's dope to see, like, yo, how fucking how technology te- technologically advanced is this organization? Jay, if you ever bring up uh, that show again, I'll put Bebo over your face for your whole oh entire. Damn, is that bad? Is that I was just bringing up a Constantine example, bro? Because no, they did. That. <laughs> but Bebo is terrible. All right, I can't wait for AKA Bebo. Bebo, Bebo, Bebo loves you. Uh, coming out of San Antonio. Texas can't wait for the next episode. It is uh hurts my chest to talk about it. This is over fresh coming out of San Francisco. I, I don't watch the episode until an hour before we record, so I don't know what's gonna happen. God damn, Rob, how can you stand that shit? You are a patient man. This is a reverse ramble out from Washington. <laughs> Big Greg Brubicus Ellis. Coming out of West Hills. And this is Jay, the future, the future Black Samson coming at you out of LA, California. Uh, dope. All right. Have a good night, fellas. Love you guys. Are we ever right, going to talk there about the guys. fact that Black Samson has no hair and no powers? Hey, he had dreads. Calm down, Rexplode. Calm down, Rexplode. <laughs> <laughs>